This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. This is episode 160. So in this episode, I wanted to talk about something that I'm passionate about, as are many photographers out there, and that is nature and wildlife photography. Now, these genres of photography can be a lot of fun and rewarding, but it takes a great deal of patience as nature and wildlife work on their own schedule. Now, I'm going to include a few of my own images in the show notes, starting with a photo of a male lion that I captured at Zoo Atlanta back in 2014 that I ended up selling to Nat Geo to use as a wraparound cover for their Big Cats textbook that was released in 2015. Now, it's not like deer in the woods or a hummingbird or an owl or eagle is going to let you schedule a day and time to come out into the woods or a field to photograph them. Animals are a bit funny that way. They tend to not use calendars or Facebook or smartphones, especially since many of them don't have pockets to carry them in. Now, there are a few things to keep in mind when out shooting nature, and especially wildlife, and I'm going to go over those in this episode. Number one, first and foremost, Don't be intrusive. Now, what I mean by that is nature works on its own without human intervention just fine. And most animals prefer not to be disturbed. Wildlife is not used to a human presence in their domain, and most of them would prefer that we humans stay out of their habitat entirely. So, don't go crashing and banging through the woods, or even a field making all kinds of racket, dragging all kinds of garbage with you and gear and everything else. You want to be as non-intrusive and as lightweight and streamlined as possible, which leads into step number or point number two. Carry as little into nature as possible. Now, in order to have the best chance of capturing great images, you need to travel as light and easy as you can. I generally generally recommend taking just one camera body with a good telephoto lens to capture what I want. A 70 to 200 millimeter can work, but you are probably better off with a 100 to 400 millimeter or better. But try not to take something that's extremely heavy as you're going to probably be out there for hours, if not all day. So I wouldn't, and I also wouldn't recommend taking a tripod as most wildlife isn't going to stand around and wait for you to take a photograph of them. They tend to be skittish, especially when humans are around, so they're not going to stick around very long. Number three, take water and snacks with you. If you are planning to be out in nature for several hours or even all day, as I sometimes like to do myself, make sure you take some snacks and bottled water so you have a way to sustain yourself. If the unthinkable happens and you become lost or injured, you might need the water and food in order to survive until rescued. 
Number four, take a buddy or mark your location. You want to be as safe as possible when out in nature, so I recommend taking a friend along or another photographer. That way, if something does happen, you can be found or rescued that much quicker. Or send your location to a loved one or other family member before you lose cell signal, if you do, so that any search and rescue personnel have an accurate place to start looking for you. Carry a compass. It may sound silly, but a compass can save your life. And as someone who was a Boy Scout all the way to Eagle Scout, I still live by the motto, always be prepared. And that's always a good, good little rule to live by in life, to try as best as you can to be prepared for any and every possible eventuality. Because you just never know what might happen. And it is best to be as prepared as possible so that if you do run into adversity when you're out there, especially if you're out there all alone, you have a higher probability of survival and a higher probability of being found and rescued. Number five, carry extra batteries and memory cards. The last thing that you want to have happen when photographing nature or wildlife is to have your battery die unexpectedly or suddenly have a memory card failure. Good quality third-party batteries made by companies such as Wasabi are very good and very reliable, and they're available for most all cameras. You can frequently find two of them with a with their own third-party charger for around 20 bucks on Amazon. They may be a little bit more. They may be a little bit less. I've seen some pairs go for as cheap as $15 or $16, and I've seen them go as much as $30 or $40 for a pair. But still, when you compare to what your camera manufacturer charges you for a battery, it's a considerable amount of savings. And I can tell you from many years of experience, Wasabi Power batteries are extremely good quality and reliable batteries, even though they're inexpensive. I have absolutely never had a problem using any of their batteries in any of my cameras, whether they were Canon or Fuji. I've never had a problem. So it's always good to have those extra batteries with you. Now, memory cards are also fairly cheap, and you can easily get by with a 16 or a 32 gig card, and you can get those for a reasonably low price on Amazon, Walmart, Best Buy. Um, you can find them most anywhere, even at a Walgreens. Now, remember, being you are shooting slowly and methodically, you don't need a screaming fast memory card. So the cheaper ones will suffice. They'll do the job just fine. If you're looking to capture birds in flight, you might need faster memory cards. But for most things, the cheaper and slower ones will get the job done. And because they're much less expensive, you can carry many more of them with you. Now, I recently had an incident when I was out shooting my full-time real estate work where I had a memory card failure. It was really random, and it was kind of weird because it was a fairly new memory card. But... As I've said before, and others have said many times, memory card failures do happen. They're not super commonplace, but they do happen. And it, sooner or later, it's probably going to happen to most all of you that are listening. So it's always a good idea to have extra ones with you. Now, in my case, I was really bummed out, and I still have to get in touch with them because the memory card that I had that started failing was a pro-grade digital, and they're not cheap cards. They're very expensive, and it's a UHS-2, no less. 
Um, but after that happened, and I did have a spare memory card with me that day. I usually try to take a couple of them with me all the time. I decided when I got back home, I went on Amazon. I'm like, you know what? I don't really need UHS-2 cards for my real estate work. I'll just go on Amazon and get some SanDisk uh, UHS-1 cards. And I found uh, genuine SanDisk cards on there. I think I bought them directly from SanDisk. They were running a sale at the time where you got a 10-pack of, I think it was 32 gigabyte SD cards, UHS-1, Class 10, yada, yada, yada. And it was like 50 bucks for 10 of them on sale. So I bought a 10 pack of them and I bought a little uh, 12 memory card carrying zipper carrying case that's waterproof to carry them in. And I keep that in my bag that I take when I go out to shoot real estate every day so that I have plenty of spare memory cards so I don't have to worry about that. Number six, take signaling devices. If you should, God forbid, become lost or injured, make sure you have some inexpensive signaling devices with you, such as a nice loud whistle and a really bright LED flashlight. These are items that, once again, you can find on Amazon, at Walmart, or Academy Sports and Outdoors. They are small and can easily be tossed into a camera bag and forgotten about until you need them. Just make sure before you head out that you test the flashlight to make sure it has fresh batteries and even carry a couple of extra spare sets with you. You can get the really high quality AnyLoop rechargeable batteries on walmart.com or amazon.com and they usually come with their own charger as well. And I've had times where I've been able to go on those sites or a couple of times years ago when I had a membership, I actually went into a Costco because they carried them there as well. And you could get a multi-pack where you could get like 60 batteries in total X number of AA, X number of AAA, and you got a charger that could do both AA and AAAs, and you got the whole package for like 30 bucks. I mean, that's a ridiculously good price. And those any loops are super, super high quality, very reliable, very long-lasting batteries. I have many, many of those batteries, and I use them in a lot of devices, not just uh, camera gear, but a lot of my other stuff around the house as well. Now, number seven... And I put this one in kind of after the fact because I didn't think of it when I was running down my initial list. Mirrorless is your friend. And what I mean by that is when doing nature and wildlife photography, as I mentioned earlier, being una as you want to be un as unobtrusive as possible. So I highly recommend, if you have one, take a mirrorless camera because they are much quieter than a DSLR especially any of the many models, whether they're made by Sony, Canon, Nikon, or Fuji, that are capable of truly silent shutter. I would also recommend turning off the AF beep. You don't really need that on most all cameras. When you get focus lock, the, uh, the focus point that you're looking at through the viewfinder is going to light up green or something like that to let you know you've got focus lock. So you don't really need that obtrusive beep going on when you're out in nature and it's going to be very disruptive to the animals now once you have found your spot and you've set up and you set up and settle in for the wait as i mentioned at the top of this episode you have to be patient to get those really spectacular images sit quietly and wait for nature to get somewhat used to your presence in order to see something worth photographing it might be a deer or a bird 
or you may even get lucky and spot a bear. But again, be careful with animals such as bears as they can be aggressive, especially if it's a mother bear out with her cubs and you don't want to get yourself attacked. Now, it might be something simpler, such as the way the sun shines down through the trees that captures your eye, especially if it's still fairly early in the morning or late in the afternoon as the sun moves across the sky and lights up different parts of the environment. You might be lucky enough to find a nice stream to sit near and then get images of the various animals that come throughout the day to drink from the stream. Or if it's really hot in the summertime, they might come down by the stream for a swim. Now, I discouraged earlier the possibility of taking a tripod, but if you insist on having one handy, make sure it's a lightweight carbon fiber one so it's not too heavy a burden to lug around. Or I also highly recommend the Platypod uh, flat tripods. Now, I have the Platypod, I think mine's the Ultimate, or maybe it's the Max. I can't remember. It's the bigger one of the two. Um, and it's all metal construction. It's a flat tripod. It's not super heavy. Um, and the nice thing about them is they come with little carabiners, so you can easily hook them to like a strap on your camera backpack or something like that to carry them with you. Um, so that's convenient. And they have small metal spiked feet that you can attach to the bottom so that you can stake it into the ground to keep it stationary. Now, as part of your setup, depending on what you're hoping to accomplish, or maybe you're a professional wildlife photographer, you might want to use a hunting blind to help camouflage you from nature and make it somewhat easier to get those images that you want. These can be purchased on Amazon and at many of the good sporting goods chains, as well as Walmart. And they allow you to sit in one spot and be fairly hidden from nature. I mean, don't go out into the woods hoping to hide in a hunting blind to take pictures and, and soak yourself in cologne or perfume before you go out there because the animals are going to smell that and they're going to know you're there. Chances are they're going to smell you anyways. Um, so try to be as unoffensive as possible with any aromas that you bring with you into the woods, so to speak. But those are really great because, as I said, you can kind of hide yourself from nature. And they're nice because they also provide a small window that you can observe and photograph through. Now, it's not totally necessary to go out into the woods or up a mountain to capture wildlife. I've taken some amazing images of hummingbirds at my home as I keep beaters out all year round. I've also been lucky enough to spot deer along a road in a nearby field and been able to stop and photograph them without disturbing them. Heck, I've even been able to find a nest of eagles along a country road and stop and snap some images as well as with red-tailed hawks and owls down in Georgia and North, now that I live here in North Carolina. So it is possible to get those great images without being totally isolated out in the middle of nowhere all day. Remember to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group, and you must answer a security question to join, which is the name of the host of the show, myself, Liam. And I've also opened it up to allow you to give the name of a previous guest on the show to show that you are a listener. Once you are in the group, you are free to post your own original work. I'm also the admin of the Fujifilm GFX 50R group, which is the largest group for the 50R on Facebook. If you own or plan to own the 50R, you can request 
was to join that group, but you do have to answer two security questions to join that group. You can find my work at liamphotography.net and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at liamphotoatl. If you like abandoned buildings and history, you can find my projects at forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com and forgottenpiecesofpennsylvania.com. Okay, this will conclude episode 160 of the Liam Photography Podcast. I want to thank all of my listeners once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Apple Podcasts or anywhere else that you might listen to your podcasts. I also wanted to remind you that my first book, Forgotten Pieces of Georgia, the Northwest Counties, is available for sale. You can pick up a signed copy at the liamphotography.net online store or an unsigned copy at Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Please also check out the Liam Photography YouTube channel and subscribe, watch the videos, like them, share them out on social media and elsewhere, and hit the little bell icon to be notified when new content drops. And if you'd be so kind, you could do the same for the Forgotten Pieces of Georgia and Pennsylvania projects as they have their own YouTube channels as well. All right, that is a wrap, folks, and I will see you all again on Sunday for the latest news and rumors.